Ben, thank you David and Sarah, Toby, thanks for praying for me. Um, so, we are thinking about listening, being a place where we listen here this morning. And um, I want to start with uh, just an illustration of why I'm particularly well qualified to talk on this subject. So about four or five years ago, I was in my last church, and I wasn't married at the time, and um, the youth minister there, who was American, uh, good, great guy, uh, he actually uh, invited his sister from America to come and stay. Now, she wasn't a Christian, so she didn't come to any of our services. But one afternoon, he brought her into the office just so she could see where he worked. And he introduced her to me, among others. I had probably a five-minute conversation, and then she went. A few days later, it was my day off. I went to Claygate Station. I was there waiting for a train to go into London, when I saw a person I vaguely recognized. And I thought to myself, hmm, who's that? And then I thought, yes, it's Drew's sister, the American youth minister's sister. So up I went to her and said, hi, how are you? She said, fine, yeah. And I said, where are you off to? And she said, I'm off to Westfield in Shepherd's Bush to go shopping. I said, oh, great. Um, and, uh, you know, have you been there before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I said, do you mind if I sit with you as we got on the train? And she said, no, that's fine. So I, I sat next to her and, and then said, you know, how are you going to get to Westfield? You know, being a bloke, that's the sort of question you ask. You know, where are you going to change trains? She answered the question. And then I said, what are you going to buy there? And uh, she told me. And just uh, then, the train was pulling into the next station, Hinchley Wood, where she promptly got up, walked off the train, and went down to another carriage. Now, um, I was a little puzzled by this at first, but then I just uh, retraced the conversation in my mind and uh, recalled, well, come to mention it, I hadn't actually asked her if she was Drew's sister. Um, and uh, <laughs> now that I mention it, she didn't seem to recognize me, and she didn't reciprocate any of my questions by asking me any. Um, and then I remembered that, in fact, she didn't actually have an American accent at all. <laughs> And I sat there, sat there shocked, embarrassed, and thinking to myself, one day this would make an excellent sermon illustration. So <laughs> here we are. But just so you know, I, I improved my honeymoon a few years later. And uh, each night of that honeymoon, uh, Kate uh, finished the day by, uh, by the night as she went to sleep by saying, I love you. And I would reply each night, I love you. Isn't that sweet? Uh, until the final day when it was my birthday. Well, look, we had a lovely day, went out for a special meal. She made me feel very special. And so as we went to bed that night again, she turned to me and this time said, happy birthday. And I said back to her, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. You can see why I'm the right person to preach on listening. What is the spiritual moral of that story or those stories? Well, I think it's this. Things are not always as they seem. And if we want to know how to be, how to act, and what to say, well, we need to listen. Pick up the clues. Hear what is the reality. What actually is going on. And I have to say that the Bible agrees with this spiritual conclusion because time and time again, it urges us to listen. In fact, it uses the verb almost as the epitome of the right response before God. I don't know if you know that wonderful summary of the offer God makes to every human being at the end of Deuteronomy 30. Let me read it to you. Now choose life 
so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. That is what we're called to. We're called to listen. And yet it doesn't come naturally. It's hard. We could actually be coming to church every week and not be fully listening. We could be reading the Bible every day and not be fully listening. We could be praying every day and not be fully listening. We could be doing all sorts of amazing things in the service of God and not be fully listening. So I'm going to outline four ways in which the Bible calls us to listen. And my prayer for us all is that God will excite us and give us the desire again to want to listen to him. So I want to just highlight four different aspects of what listening means as the Bible understands it. And the first might seem surprising um, in what I've just said, but it's actually that we should listen to each other. And that passage we began with from James actually makes that point, albeit for negative reasons, but it's certainly sound advice. It said this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why should we be quick to listen and slow to speak? Because otherwise we can fail to understand what people are actually saying, what they're really thinking, and why they're feeling what they are. What are the consequences of that? Well, maybe the worst-case scenario is the one James had in mind. We might end up judging them, criticizing them unfairly, misunderstanding them, perhaps being unnecessarily offended or unnecessarily offending them in the reaction that we make, all of which can be destructive to our relationship with them. And when it becomes typical of a congregation that we don't listen properly, it can actually destroy it. It can really undermine the fellowship that God is calling us to together. So what's the contrast? Well, I've got a little leaflet here, which uh, someone gave me. Becoming a listening church. Let me read to you what it says. Do you ever dream of finding the perfect church? What would it be like? full of perfect people and heavenly activities. The problem is that churches, like families, are filled with ordinary people, imperfect people, people like us. And the big challenge for us is to learn to get along together, to love each other through the rough reality of daily life. Some we get on, some we find difficult due to conflicting views on spirituality, musical taste, or frankly, we just don't like the look of them. We need to be honest with ourselves, and with God. And here's the key bit. Listening helps us on the road towards loving them. It shows respect. It gives value to those who are different from us. And it teaches us about acceptance and real care. Thought-provoking, isn't it? We need to listen so we can understand each other, so we can care for each other, so we know each other's needs and can meet them, so we can value each other by taking a genuine interest in each other, so we can learn from one another, and so that every church member feels known and noticed, listened to and loved. So, are we creating conversations where that can happen? Are we actually wanting to ask questions of each other so that we find out what's really going on in their lives? Are we modeling that vulnerability and openness by willing to share of ourselves, whether it's good or bad? 
Is that the culture we're creating here, where we have time for each other, where we actually listen, and so then we can minister to each other? Surely, if we're the body, that is what we're called to. And we have a listening course, actually, that we run regularly in this church. It's one that equips you, every one of us, if we go on it, to listen properly. Why not go on it? Next time it's running, look in the new sheet. Why didn't you get trained? I've done it. It's a great course. So that you are equipped to be the sort of person with each other that God has called you to be. One that listens. So that's the first aspect of listening I want to highlight. The next is where James goes next in his passage. But before we look at that, I just want to read a verse that highlights what I'm talking about here. It's about listening to the Bible. Do we listen to the Bible? And 2 Timothy 3, those famous words, says this, talks of them as the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, and that all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for good work. What is it saying? It's saying that we need to listen to the word of God so that we can live the Christian life, so that we would be transformed into the people God wants us to be, and so that we would be equipped for all that he wants us to do. So it begs the question, are you reading the Bible regularly, daily, or do you just rely on church to do that? Let me just float past you a scenario in an educational context. Just think about two undergraduates. Both of them only attend one lecture a week. So it's an arts graduate, clearly. And uh, <laughs> they attend that one lecture. But one of them does no other work. The other one, well, he reads around his subject every day, which consolidates his learning from the lecture, enables him to build on it and take it further, and it helps bring his subject alive. He attends a weekly discussion group with fellow students of his subject, and he ends up far more motivated and far more engaged with his course. So the question is, who's learning the most? Who's likely to remember the most? Which of them is allowing their studies to shape their whole world view? Pretty obvious answer, isn't it? But now translate that into your weekly spiritual routine. For the lecture, read church. What sort of student are you? One paying lip service to the calling you've received? or one recognizing you've been given something truly precious, hungering to see your potential and your calling fulfilled. Or let me put it another way. The image Psalm 1 gives us of someone whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night, who's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Do you delight in the word of God? What does it mean to delight in the word of God? It means not just to read it, but to study it. Not just to study it, but to meditate on it. Not just to learn from it, but to actually find your faith, your passion, your perspective, your mood lifted as you look afresh at what God has done for you, what he can do for you, and what he calls you to so that you can find your purpose fulfilled. But listening doesn't even end there. It is about regularly feeding on the word. It is about listening 
and about meditating. But it's also about what happens afterwards. James, in our passage, went on, do not listen, merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What is he saying? He's saying that listening to the Bible and not acting on it is ridiculous. It completely undermines the whole object. Just like looking in a mirror and forgetting who you are is, a, is ridiculous. He's saying, listen and act on it. And only then will you know true freedom. Because true freedom is being the person that God called you to be. So that's the second aspect, listening to the word. The third I want to highlight is this, listening for others. And this actually is what the spiritual gift of prophecy is all about. We spoke about that a few weeks ago on encouragement. And um, we had it in that other passage we heard read as well, where it said this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Because prophecy is showing the love of God to each other. God loves us so much. He wants to encourage us. He wants to challenge us. He wants to warn us. He wants to strengthen us. And we show the love of God where we are willing to be vehicles by which he can speak to his people, whether to individuals or to a whole church. Now, I want to encourage us that some people have a very, very special gift of prophecy, which can bless a church in fantastic ways. I'm not one of those people. Some of us will be, some of us won't. But what I want to encourage you is this. I firmly believe that we can all hear from God. All of us can experience him giving us the words to say when we need it, giving us insight or encouragement or a word of guidance for another person, which can bless them in remarkable ways. I still remember the first time God did that through me. I was 17. I prayed for a friend of mine that I would be able to share with him the good news about Jesus. And I remember when I dropped him off at his house, he stayed in the car when we got to his house. And God just opened up the conversation and just carried me along such that I was able to help him see his need for Jesus and to lead him in a prayer where he asked Jesus into his life. I was thrilled. But most importantly, what I remembered was that I had trusted that God would give me the words to say and he had not let me down. And he can do the same thing for you. Do you believe that? It's true. That's what God longs to do through us. What do we need to do then to allow that to happen? Well, we simply need to have the faith that God can speak to us. And then we need the willingness to give the time or the concentration to listen. So my question to you is, have you given it a go? Have you asked God to give you a word, an insight, an encouragement for another person? And then have you had the courage just to share whatever it is he's brought to your mind? When could you do that? Maybe in a private time of prayer alone, which you then can pass on to whichever person you feel it's for later. Maybe in a one-to-one -one prayer situation like prayer ministry or, or another time where you meet up with someone to pray. Maybe in a group prayer situation like a life group. Maybe in a corporate prayer gathering like a service or a prayer meeting where you Later on, share what you feel God's laid on your heart. What unites all these situations? It's a time of silence and waiting on God. How do we present what he brings to mind? Cautiously, knowing it 
may not all be of the Lord, but confident that whatever is of him will emerge. 1 Thessalonians tells us this, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. So let's not deny others the opportunity to be blessed by a word of encouragement from God through us. And let's not deny ourselves the opportunity to receive that from others. So here's a fourth and final aspect of listening that I want to touch on today. And it's listening for ourselves. So I might even say listening to ourselves. Because who is it that lives among us? Who lives inside us? Speaking to us, prompting us, guiding us, comforting us. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he would send another counsellor to be with his disciples and with all those who would follow him. And he actually said, after he did that, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the New Testament talks of the Holy Spirit in many places as the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit is the presence of Jesus in our lives. So that means we can read that wonderful passage of Mary and Martha and ask ourselves this question. Which one are we? Are we people who regularly, persistently take the time to simply sit at Jesus' feet in unrushed intimacy? Where we don't care how long we're there for. Where we have no agenda other than to listen to whatever he wants to tell us. Where we don't have any particular purpose in mind other than to get to know him better. Always you're coming to Jesus, always rushed, always task-related, always consisting of what what we want him to do for us and hardly ever allowing him time to speak. Which one is it? Mary or Martha? And who got to know Jesus better? It's obvious, isn't it? Who had their fears and anxieties and concerns lifted from their shoulders by Jesus' calm words? It's obvious, isn't it? Who allowed Jesus' presence in their life to give them real joy? Again, it's obvious. Mary. So which one are we? Are we missing out on life in all its fullness because our life is too full to listen to Jesus? It's a challenge, but it's also actually the path to life, to experience that joy, that peace, that anointing, that perspective that we all crave and need. All we need to do is nothing. Just stop. Be still. Forget about everything else. And as gradually our head clears and that calmness starts to descend, we just need to listen to that small inner voice of the Holy Spirit starting to speak. Not audibly, but tangibly in our mind. So what we're going to do now is give that a try. We've got time at the end of this service just to put into practice what the Bible calls us to do. So I'm going to lead us through a little time of listening, and it starts with preparing, just as we in Advent prepare for the arrival of Jesus into the world, so we need to prepare for the voice of Jesus to speak to us now. Can I invite us all to stand? And actually, the way we prepare to hear from Jesus is to allow the 
Holy Spirit to fill us so that our discernment, so that our sensitivity to the voice of Jesus is heightened so that we are fully able to comprehend, to feel, to discern what he is doing in us. So let's just, in whatever way we like to just open ourselves to God, let's just invite his spirit to fill us again. Father God, I thank you for the stillness. Would you fill us with your spirit now? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Father, whatever's distracting us now, would you just banish it? Come, Holy Spirit. And Father, through your Spirit, I invite you now to speak to every one of us Lord, would you tell us whether you want us to listen more? And as we do listen now, would you show us what it means to hear your voice? Why don't you ask God now to show you what he wants listening to him to look like in your life? What are the contexts, the situations in which he wants you to listen? Father, I pray that you'd continue to speak. And Lord, if there's 
anyone here that you have a message of encouragement or strengthening or comfort for us as a congregation, Lord, would you give that insight, that message, Lord, to someone in this room now? Now we're going to have an opportunity to be prayed for. And I want to suggest that there are two sets of people that we would love to pray for this morning. The first is those who want to want to listen. We need the desire, the hunger, the discipline, the faith. If you want to listen more, we would love to pray for you that those channels of communication would be opened and that God would give you the grace to hear his voice. If that's you, we invite you to come forward and we'll pray for you. Here's the other. Maybe God has spoken to you. He's calling you to do something or to say something difficult or challenging or important. We want to pray for you that he would give you the grace to do that and stand with you in that. And if God spoke to you something for us as a congregation, please do come forward as well. Perhaps you could just speak to Toby and just run that past him and if appropriate, we'll share that. But now this is a chance to come forward. We would love to pray for you, to want to listen more, to be able to listen more or to do what it is God is calling you to. So if that's you, why don't you just make your way forward now? We would love to pray for you. And let's the rest of us, let's just be praying for those people just to have the bravery, the boldness, just to come forward in that way now. the ministry team, those who've been trained in prayer ministry can just come uh, make themselves available as well. That would be great. Again, this is a great opportunity for you that you would want to listen and that God would speak to you. power of God is present in a very special way when one person ministers to another through the Spirit. That's what God wants for you this morning. Do take that opportunity. And as we do that, perhaps, Josh, if you could lead us in a quiet song just of commitment, of surrender, and we'll minister to these guys. And do come forward during the song if you'd like to be prayed for, if you want to share something with the congregation.
something that um, I'm working on, um, and I offer it to you, is that um, Jesus said to his disciples, I am with you always. I am with you always. Now, <clears throat> the challenge for me is, how aware am I of Jesus being with me always? So, my prayer would be for us is that we have this awareness, whatever we're doing, in our busyness, in our workplace, an awareness that God is with us. Can I just pray? Lord, I pray that you would give us a keen awareness of you in our midst, wherever we are. Wherever we are this week, you are there. And I pray, Lord, that that awareness would help us to listen to your, to your promptings, to what you might have us say to somebody or not to say. Give us a keener awareness of you, Lord. Amen. Uh, I also had a couple of pictures. Um, God quite often speaks to me in pictures. If, if you ever have pictures, it's not like someone holding a photograph in front of your face, but more kind of an image that builds up in your mind. Uh, and I had two um, pictures. One is of a car driving along a road, and uh, the, um, one of the wheels is missing a, a nut. Uh, and despite what the owner of the vehicle does to keep tightening the three out of the four nuts, the wheel keeps coming loose. Uh, and I think it's a picture of, like, literally, it feels like the wheels are coming off the car in your life. And it doesn't matter what you do, you keep trying to tighten them up to make it work. But without that extra nut, it's not going to happen. And, and actually, the, the nut that's missing is bringing God into the equation. Uh, he's the one that can make the difference. And uh, if that's you and you feel that actually that's what your life is like at the moment and that um, you need God to come and be involved in the circumstances of your life, then we'd love to pray for you. Uh, and the second picture I had was um, kind of a bizarre twist on the, a verse from Isaiah which says that those who are weary will rise up on wings like eagles. And I literally had a picture of two people kind of sitting on the wings of an eagle just soaring above the clouds. And that's just a picture for anyone who just feels like they are weary and worn out and that God wants to give you rest. He wants you to know what it is to, to be empowered by his spirit, to him to do the work in you and through you and with you and not to be worn out. And so if that fits what's going on in your life, then we'd love to pray for you as well. Um, you can come and do that. There'll be prayer ministry that carries on after the service, um, but it's getting to that time where we need to go and collect our children. So uh, let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you, and then we'll sing one last song, um, and you are released to go. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together. We thank you that you are a God who speaks. Will you keep speaking to us, your people, this week? Will you speak to us for us? Would you speak to us for those that we love and care about? Would you speak to us for your church and for your kingdom? 
Lord, we want you to be glorified, and we ask that you would help us to have open ears and minds and hearts this week, to be aware of you in everything that we do, that you would be glorified, Lord. Father, as we go from this place, we ask that, Father, you would bless us, the God who has been speaking for thousands of years, that, Jesus, you would bless us too. You are the word of God. And that, Holy Spirit, you would bless us because it is you that awakens us to the word of God and your presence in our lives. Help us to be your people. In Jesus' name, amen.